Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today we have a great malicious compliance story all about the power of suing. Our story of the day is, so sue me, can do. I'm a military veteran who was injured in Iraq. I mention only because it's important to the story. I worked for this company, I say company, but in reality, it was a guy who owned a few businesses, and he was the richest person in a very small town. It's important to say how I made it to the situation. I'll try and make it quick so I can get to the steak and taters, as it were. I joined the military before I even completed high school, late birthdays and all of that. I chose a military career path that I figured I would enjoy, and since I love working on things, I became a mechanic. It offered a great sign-on bonus, so that was a bonus. I went through basic, only ever spending money on necessities, so saved up quite a lot. Saved even more through advanced training for my MO's, military job. By the time I was done with both, I had half of my sign-on bonus and just short of an entire year's pay in my bank account. At my age, most would have splurged. I invested in the stock market, Bitcoin and paid off my parents' house. A couple of deployments, the other half of my bonus and the only thing I ever really spent money on outside of necessities was my hot rod. Needless to say, I had some money saved up and invested it also. Long story short, when I discharged, I was pretty comfortable even after a nasty divorce. Don't get me wrong, I didn't or don't have stupid money, but because of the divorces, a lot of the stocks were cashed out, split, and if anyone follows Bitcoin over the past two decades, you know how that turned out. After my divorce, I worked to recover what I lost, and then just to keep busy. Like I said, I love working as a mechanic and would bounce around wherever I felt like, since a good mechanic can make money anywhere. After a decade of this, I decided to set roots in a small town since it would be nice and quiet. By this point, I was tired of always working on other people's cars and wanted to devote time to working on my car. I bought a small house and saw a help wanted sign at the local lube shop. Figured it would be simple work for me and be something to cover my few expenses. I grabbed an application from the office, getting all kinds of looks from the townies. By the way, I'm 6 foot 3. Since I discharged from the military, I stopped cutting my hair and shaving and I have one full sleeve. Needless to say, most people cross the street instead of walk past. When I went to turn in my application to, we will call her Sue the bookkeeper, she asked me a couple of questions. Noticed I checked I was a veteran and puts a Y on my application. Later that day, Sue calls me and asks if I would come back in to meet the owner. Let's call him Peter. I agree, and Sue says Peter will be there in an hour, so if I come in then we can talk about the position. I show up and Peter's eyes bulge at first sight, but we get to chatting and my southern charm wins him over. He tossed me a calendar that he had made of his car collection and asked me to name the ones I recognized. There were a couple of Mustangs, a 4GT, a Brooklyn SV1, a Judge, a Demon, a Pantera, and a MXT. He was surprised that I knew what the SV1 was and we chatted cars for a bit. He offered me the position and explained that I would be paid $100 a day and that I would work Monday to Saturday from 8 to 6, no overtime, but I would get a full day's pay, even if we closed shop early for some reason, and eat when I could. I would be off every Sunday and one extra day during the week. 
awesome start and worked maybe a year, no issues. Peter asks if I could help him out by being a relief worker for his other lube shops in neighboring towns. He says he'll give me an extra $20 every day for travel and basically I would be covering so guys could take days off at the other stores. I agreed and did this for about a year, then disaster strikes. Peter meets Karen and falls madly in love in the span of a month. They're married and he starts supporting her and her gambling problem. This is when all of the problems start. One week I noticed my paycheck was only $250 and ask about it. Sue tells me apparently there's been some changes and I should really speak to Peter about it. Sure, no problem. I call up Peter and ask if we can talk about some things. He shows up with Karen in tow and when I ask why my pay was short, he tells me it was because of the bad weather and us closing early affected the business. I would have let it go at that because Peter was a nice guy but Karen decided to speak. It isn't very fair of us to have to pay you for a full day if you don't work the 10 full hours. I said that would be true if I wasn't on a negotiated day rate and if I get paid for each day I work, not hourly, that why I don't get paid 19 hours overtime each week. She claims that's not how it works anymore and that from now on I would be paid for the hours I worked and nothing else. Okay, whatever you say, Karen. Fast forward to the next week, we had a week's worth of very busy days, where we were open a couple of hours later than normal to finish up with waiting customers. And I gave up one of my days off to cover for a sick co-worker, so when what should have easily have been over an $800 paycheck was only $600, I had some questions. I called Peter and asked him what was going on, why I only got paid $600, and he says, well, that's what we agreed on, $100 a day. I look at him blankly and ask if he forgot about last week and he asked what about it. I reminded him and he just says, it is what it is. Okay, so at this point, I am aggravated. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss and that is when karen walks and asks so what is he benching about now i look at her coldly and say well i worked 80 hours last week and y'all only paid me 600 dollars she looks at me and says you're contracted labor and you agree to 100 dollars per day so why would we pay you more than that i look at peter and ask is that how it is he just says you heard the lady I went home and convinced myself that I was only working to cover my few living expenses anyway. The job isn't that hard. The only other things in the small town would have been assembling sheds or slinging chickens at a chicken plant. The next week, one of the guys I work with is getting yelled at in front of customers by Karen about what she claims is an OSHA violation. She claims that as part owner of the company, it is her responsibility to ensure that all OSHA regulations are met and his apparent violation was him wearing tinted safety glasses. Now, this is BS, because the bays faced east-west, and with how the cars pulled in, top workers got the sun during the day, and pit workers got it in the evening. 
I shake my head as I'm walking in and like a T-Rex in a dinosaur movie, it attracted Karen's attention and she decides to shout at me, you got something to say you big bench? And I just kept walking. I told Sue she needed to have a long talk with Peter before Karen's mouth wrote checks he would have to cash and she says, I just keep the books, don't involve me. So this behavior goes on another year and finally I'm at my limit. On the day I started my malicious compliance, I was in a very bad mood. I had woken up to news that a good friend of mine that was responsible for me surviving being blown up in Iraq was taken out by a drunk driver. Not wanting to deal with anyone, I tell the shop I'll be working pit all day. And to just let me be, these guys have been working with me a few years now and know something's up. I never once thought this would be a day that I would need to deal with Karen since I was working at the furthest shop from the main shop and it was in the opposite direction of the casinos. But I wasn't so lucky, or maybe I was. Peter and Karen show up and she storms into the pit and screams, Peter, come look at this mess. I have no idea what she's talking about because I always kept the pit spotless and would clean as I worked, where a lot of others would clean at the end of the day. Her complaint was about 50 of the most common oil filters we would use in a day being stacked on my waste drums for easy access to me so I wouldn't have to wait to the top guys to hand me filters. I did this all the time and Peter knew about it and never cared before. He comes down, looks around, and tells me like he's talking to a teenager, clean up this pigsty. I shake my head and say today's not the day Peter, move on and take her with you. This apparently infuriated Karen, who of course thought it was the utmost disrespect to her and Peter. And he tells me if I don't like it, I'm free to leave. So I left. Now, don't freak out. This story isn't over yet. It's just the first flap of the butterfly's wings that started a massive crap storm. The next day, Peter calls me and asks me to swing by the main store on my way home. I think he's going to apologize about the day before. Figured one of the other guys might have told him why I was so on edge. No, that was not what this was about. Peter was calling me in to inform me that for the next six months, I would be on a probation period for my actions. And for these six months, I would be only paid $50 a day, and I wouldn't receive the normal $20 a day I received for driving to the other shops. I ask if he's serious about this, and if he seriously considered what he was doing. This is when Peter lets his true colors shine. He tells me I am lucky I wasn't fired for my constant disrespect towards him and the co-owner Karen. How, if he didn't pity me for being a struggling, disabled veteran, I never once discussed my money with anyone I worked with. Why Peter thought I was broke and desperate was solely based on my appearance from what I could tell. He would have fired me long ago. Something inside me snapped, and I just started laughing, and he asked me what I thought was so funny, and I stood to my full height, stepped to him like a drill sergeant about to give some wall-to-wall counseling, and say, you should reconsider your life choices and who you go into business with. Peter then says, what are you gonna do, sue me or something? Go ahead. If you think you can afford to, what do you get from the VA, like a thousand dollars a month? I know how bad you need this job. That wasn't my plan. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. But it kicked my malicious compliance, and since I'll always be a soldier to go to war, that day I called a labor lawyer, paid the 3000 retainer, and started my lawsuit for unsafe work environment, unpaid overtime, and minimum wage violations, all while continuing to work for him. It was glorious, but still not enough. It took about the six months of my probation for the lawyer to get off of the paperwork together and filed slow rolling it on my request. And this lawyer was a former marine, so I think he had an idea of what I had in mind. After everything was ready, my lawyer filed the paperwork, and Peter and Karen were served at the main store while I was at work. They read the paperwork, and the process server for my lawyer stuck around to be a witness to what I knew would be coming. When they read that I was suing them, Karen and Peter flipped. Peter shouts, I should kick your butt, you ungrateful piece of crap. And Karen screams, you're freaking fired, you softie. I bet you weren't even really in the military. The process server recorded everything, gave it to my lawyer, who added to the lawsuit unlawful termination because it is illegal to fire an employee because they are suing you. The next day, I opened up my lube shop car wash combo and started recruiting my former co-workers at higher pay plus commission. They also wanted to jump in on the lawsuit, and my lawyer was more than happy to add them to it. So two years down the road, after subpoenas to get security footage from the shops, the books going back five years, and sworn testimonies, we go to a mediation to settle. They offer a measly 50000 to split between the 15 of us on the lawsuit, when that didn't even cover the unpaid overtime. We declined, then our Apache came in to save the day. Sent by the IRS, delivered to my lawyer because of request for the company's tax documents, Peter held each lube shop as its own individual LLC, each with its own tax ID and employment record. Peter and Karen thought it would be a smart move to file for a tax credit for employing a veteran at each of the six shops. In their filing, they claimed that they employed a veteran, me as a full-time employee, working a minimum 36 hours a week at a rate of $12 an hour. The government gives a tax break to companies that employ veterans. At the next mediation, my lawyer presented the reports to their lawyer and the mediator, and after a quick 20-minute discussion, Peter and Karen came back and agreed to settle at our request of 400000 in unpaid overtime to be split between 15 of us, all legal fees, and a personal settlement for the unlawful termination suit of 20000 for each shop I was listed as an employee at as well as unpaid wages for the six months I was only paid $5 an hour. Their only demand was that we all agree to a gag order so that nothing would leave the mediator's table. Of course we signed and we took our paychecks, but somehow their tax paperwork made its way to just the right person at the IRS, and they decided to audit Peter and Karen, and an investigation was opened on them for tax fraud. I sold the shop I opened to the guys that came over and jumped in on the lawsuit. They each paid me 8000 and I washed my hands of it. I put my house up for sale and moved away. 
I did go back about 8 months later because the guy who was supposed to take care of the lawn had apparently been arrested and the yard went a few months without being cut before the city informed me they were going to fine me $100 a day until it was brought to code. So I went down to mow it myself. While there, I decided to check in with my realtor to see if there was anything we could do about yard maintenance and who do I see but little old Sue sitting pretty at the front desk. Sue couldn't speak fast enough to tell me what had all happened, and it was perfect. What I thought was an Apache turned out to be an atom bomb. Peter filed for bankruptcy to try and not go broke after making a plea for probation for tax fraud and paying a ton in unpaid taxes. Karen took off with some dude she met at a casino. I asked Sue two questions. If she knew who reported the fraudulent tax paperwork to the IRS, and what happened with Peter's car collection. She told me I have no idea and to check the parking behind the realtor's office before leaving. On my way out, I took a peek behind the realtor's office to see a safety green SV1 sitting there. Apparently Peter started selling off his cars early and cheap, hoping he would be able to buy them back after filing bankruptcy. To this day, I have no idea who, if anyone, actually turned in the paperwork to the IRS. My personal theory is whoever was tasked with compiling it all with their claims noticed something strange and reported it. However it happened, it couldn't have happened to anyone more deserving. In this situation, there was what, 15 guys involved or was it OP and 15 guys? Either way, any one of them could have reported them to the IRS. I mean, somebody could have reported them a year in advance and it just took the IRS that long to get around to it. Or maybe because this ended up in some kind of court-facing scenario, maybe the IRS somehow caught wind of it just off of the records that have to be published alone. Either way, very satisfying outcome. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.